Obviously. On the prompt. Baby, baby, baby. Ooh, you know? Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is the 16th of July, 2014. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. This is episode number 57. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined, as I always am, by Mr. Stephen Hackett and Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. Hey. I did that I thing went, again. I, I, I hate you for that. <laughs> and, I, and I went first, like I was ready. As soon as I heard and, I was like ready to say hi. So hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, Stephen. Hey, guys. How is everyone today? Um, Why do you keep doing this? Yeah. We're doing uh, well, Mike. All right, let me take over for a minute because we've got something that we need to address right up the front. Don't need to, We don't need to spend too much time on this, but it needs to be mentioned. So this will be the last episode of the podcast known as The Prompt, which is the one that you are currently listening to. Um, this will be the very last show that I record as part of 5x5. I am leaving 5x5 as soon as we post this show. That will be my final show on the great 5x5 network. Um, but do not delete this feed from your podcast app of choice. Uh, we are working on something super cool, and we will be back. The three of us will be back. Um, so don't delete this feed because uh, Mr. Dan Benjamin, as soon as we are ready to to move on to our next project, Mr. Dan Benjamin is going to do a switch for us. He's going to port the feed over to the next awesome thing that we're doing, which we are working on. We have something really, really cool that we want to share with you very soon, um, and we know that you're going to love it. So just a short break. I'll give you some time to experience some of the other fantastic podcasts out there. But uh, don't delete your prompt feed because we will be back with new amazing goodness for you. Make sure you don't delete the feed in your podcatcher of choice. Yes, I should have said that, shouldn't I? Podcatcher. That's such a dumb word. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's it's a it's a word. I mean, I'm sure we're going to say podcast application or podcast app a lot today. At least they tried. Yeah. So we should do follow up. Mike, you have some some stuff about the the LG watch, which uh, when you're done, I want to hear if you've shipped it back or not. But I think you mean the LGG watch. LG yeah. LGG. You definitely LGG. mean Stutter. the LGG watch. Um, LGG. So my follow up comes from from two people. So I have total carnage. He sent me in the first piece of follow up about this. If you remember, I was saying that there weren't any buttons to turn the device on on or off, and if you turn the device off, the LG G Watch, the only way to turn it back on again was to put it in the charging dock. Well, uh, Mr. Khan has let me know um, that the the LG G Watch has a tiny hole on the back of the watch that can be pressed to turn it on, so you poke like a paperclip in there or something, and you can turn it on. However, whilst I understand, and I said this uh, to Mr. Khan, I don't know why I'm calling him Mr. Khan, but I like doing that, um, that I feel that my original point still stands and he agrees with me. Like, uh, you, Just because there is a method of turning it on, it doesn't mean it's practical. The fact that I have to have like a pin to stick in the back of the thing, uh, that's kind of as bad as having no button there. And then the more that I was thinking about it, I actually realized I think it's worse because LG clearly understood that you should have a button to turn it on in case of an emergency, but yet decided to put no button on it. So like they they realized oh well we probably should have some way for people to turn it on <laughs> so so we'll put like an emergency switch in the back 
So I think when you realize that in your design process, then maybe you should consider putting a button on it. So it, it, it seems like a fail. Like, <laughs> is it like, oh, I need to start my watch. Where's a paper clip? Like, I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. And then I had a, another piece of follow-up um, from a long-time listener, um, good follow-up contributor, at Squizam. Um, the Android... The Android Wear LGG watch, of which I have, you can actually change the watch strap for any 22 millimeter band. So um, I believe this was the case, but couldn't work out how to do it. So uh, assumed incorrectly that you could not change it. You can change the band. So that's another piece of follow up. And then the last piece comes from this is actually, I think, the most important one from friend of the show, uh, Russell Ivanovich uh, from Pocket Casts. And if you remember, I was talking about um, having the double notifications um, for the music thing and the fact that it doesn't work. The mu- Do you remember I was saying the music notification screen just didn't work? You press play, it did nothing. Right. This yep. is a bug in Android L, which I'm running on the Nexus 5. If you run 4.4, the current consumer release, there is no bug. It, it works absolutely fine. You only get the music one and it works absolutely fine. Sweet. So, so just a temporary hiccup, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it's I was I am running a um, pre-release like software on the phone, and I did I should have kind of caveated that a bit more because I I don't really think that I kind of paid enough attention to that at the time. Um, so there you go. That is all of the follow-up on the LG G Watch. And Stephen, to answer your question, I've not sent it back yet, um, and I should. And I, because I procrastinated, and really I should check if I've run past the time now, <laughs> uh, because there's now a you strong acci- chance that I've still that I'll own accident- it forever. Accidentally, you should, you should um, have like um, you should have like a funeral for the watch, but with like little flowers and and candles. I really and don't then want bury to. it in your mom's yard. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to do that. You could. I mean, you could put it on uh, Craigslist or sell it on Twitter or something. I sold the, my Pebble after I gave it a terrible review, and like someone bought it immediately. So, in all honesty, I think the amount of money that I'd probably get for the thing, I might as well just keep it and save the hassle. Then or I, then I always have it for or you know, fun you could times. Si- you could sign it, and it could become worth. Oh yeah, I'd increase the value several dollars more. Yeah, I did, did that you know? for a computer once. Did you know this story? What? Oh, what, your old MacBook Air? Yeah, I sold my MacBook Air, and uh, the person who bought it from me insisted that I sign it. And then he actually offered to pay more for me to do it, which was really weird. That's Did he offer even more if you had a hair sample that came in the bag with it? I mean, that's that goes without saying, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it's only... Um... It's only normal when you sell something online to exchange. We should just move on. Yeah, and we also uh, we signed um, shirts once. We did sign. We did sign shirts once. <clears throat> so, guys, I got a present this week. Oh yeah, for yeah. Us? Well, for the world, mm. um, uh, a listener named uh, Colin wrote in and bought a domain for me. So I now he bought it on Hover and then transferred it to me. So MikeChats.xyz, uh, <laughs> which is the best top level domain. Uh, really possible for this. He probably could have got any of them, but chose that one. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's really funny because. Yeah. Uh, so MikeChats.xyz now redirects to the Tumblr blog of Mike Typos. So, uh, where's um? There was a, a screenshot that I like. La- I mean, all these are 
perfect. But there was oh yeah, yeah, I found it. Don't <laughs> say it again. It's yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> looking at it. Yeah, we yeah went, it's we went through this last week. I I spent some time going through some of these. Uh, just going back through them again, and there are some really really good ones in there. It's true, and uh, the 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 collection is always growing. <laughs> so we started the show. We've lost Federico now. Yeah, he's I'm sorry. gone. I'm just, I'm just Close the tab, you. Federico. Just close it. He says, you guys don't want me to look at anything today. Nope. No. Okay. Um, we do have some some. We started with some some news about the show. I should have reordered the follow up to include all the sad things together. Um, but in conjunction with the podcast ending, our photo management service, uh, Prompt.Photos, is uh, coming to a close. It's yeah. been it's been sunsetted by Joe Steel Industries, and um, you know it's it's something that had to be done. This is sad, and, and I guess it's confirmation of the fact that um, in in it's in in, in the current uh, times of the App Store and the ecosystem, um, being an indie developer uh, <laughs> and an indie company uh, is really a struggle because of you know uh, angel investors, yeah. and you know it's it's a it's a it's a different economy. And so the fact that Joel Industries has um, decided to to sunset um, this photo management service as um, as a clear consequence on the landscape of um, photos. Are you okay over there, Teach? <laughs> Just having a attack stroke. <laughs> but yes. I want to read my favorite line from uh, Prompt.Photos. Today we're curating our pivot to provide peak sunset value. Perfect. So that's that. Um, and then we have one more piece of follow-up, Stephen. Uh, we do. the The final follow-up for the show is oh. about fancy Fitbit holders. <laughs> <laughs> so we spoke about on what episode thirty three about yes fashion and uh, accessories like the Fitbit and Nike Fuel Band. And uh, so Federico, you want to tell us about this this uh, link? Oh, well, you sent me this link and I saw um, uh, a photo going around on Twitter as well. It's basically like um, these uh, Tory Burch. I guess I, I never heard of this uh, brand before, but I see there's a, an Italian website, so it must be pretty popular. It's basically like... Um, <laughs> well, it gives me... It actually, That's your gauge of popularity. Was it an Italian website, so it must be popular. No, actually, it gives me page not found. So, oh. in Italian. Um, there's an Italian message about. Anyway, um, it's like a bracelet, like right, like a golden bracelet holding your Fitbit. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think personally it's a nice idea because you know uh, the Fitbit uh, Flex, the one that I that I bought and that I couldn't uh, get um, to work for me because I don't know it's broken. I al- I also got a, a replacement, but anyway, um, the standard wristband doesn't look great, and this one it. It's kind of p- acceptable, you know. It looks nice. It's um, it's for it's for women, and um, I think there are multiple colors available. I don't know about sizes, but it would make sense. I don't know about sizes actually because uh, the Fitbit Flex, the the tiny device, doesn't come in multiple sizes. So I'm guessing if you want to make multiple sizes, it wouldn't make sense because the device is just one. And maybe this is, I guess, uh, one way of tackling the issue of 
making these wearable devices more uh, fashionable and presentable to the outside world that doesn't read The Verge. Uh, but um, I don't know about um, if you guys look at the at the the accessory itself. It lets you see through um, the device, which is black. So you go around with this little golden bracelet, and you can see the black device inside, and it's not the best look, I think. It, it's it's a little weird, and I mean, I see what they're trying to do because the you know the Fitbit, especially, it's just this like black rubber band with some LEDs in it, and it, okay, I appreciate the the effort, and maybe it's because I don't really mind a black rubber band with LEDs in it, but it, clearly they're trying to make it more approachable. Um, but it just it seems weird like you would buy the Fitbit, which does come in multiple sizes. There's like a small, medium, and large, I think. But you, um, but then like you buy this other thing to put it in, like a little sleeping bag of fashion. It just seems a little, little strange. So people in the chat room want want to know uh, how do you say page not found in Italian? Can I do this? Yeah. Please. Impossibile trovare la pagina. Oh. Seven a.m. <laughs> Impossibile trovare la pagina. Oh. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm being... I don't water. know why... Why am I being taken to, to torybirch.it? Because they know Which where is... you are, but then they have nothing for you. Well, that's creepy, Tory Birch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's all the follow-up we have. Wow. So the follow-up is over? Uh, Yeah. We will no longer be following up. We are sunsetting the follow-up. So, topic? Sure. Yeah, well, speaking of sunsets and clouds and Mark (laughs) (laughs) Ormond. And podcast apps and Overcast. Yeah, so Overcast is out. Um, So, before we get into it, we have a bunch of links in the show notes. Links to Mac Stories, link to 512. Uh, we'll have a link to the Overcast website itself in there. Uh, Mike, where can people find said show notes? 5by5.tv slash prompt slash 57 or theprom.pt slash 57 or one of the world's greatest podcast variants, something.com or something <laughs> slash 57. Yeah, I think that's definitely a domain name that someone has. One of the world's greatest podcast variants. Yes, it is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've all been beta testing this for a couple of months now. And I'm happy and to we, say. And we really like it. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, so uh, Mike, why don't you run us through the features of the app and then maybe we'll get into some opinionating. I mean, as reviewers, you two are probably a bit better at doing this than I am. But um, I mean... Some of the things that I really, I mean, because you're looking at Overcast and it's it's a podcast application. So with it, you're going to get a bunch of the stuff that you expect to get, right? So you can subscribe to shows, you can listen to shows, right? That, that I think that's a given. Um, but some of the stuff that I personally really like that, that Overcast has, um, I really like the playlist controls. So the playlist controls has some really fine-tuned things that you can do. So you can, you know, you can set up your playlists, you can set whether you want to have shows that are new, shows that have been listened to, that sort of stuff. 
Um, you can include specific podcasts into a playlist. And one of my favorite features is the ability to select priority podcasts. So in my un- in my overall unplayed podcast list, I have a selection of shows that are my favorite shows that when they are when there is a new episode of them, they rise to the very top of the list and stay at the top of the list. So even if new shows come in afterwards so let's say an episode of ATP is out on Friday but I don't listen to it until Monday and I've had a couple of other shows coming over the weekend ATP will still sit up the top because I select it as a priority podcast of mine I really like that feature and you can also manually rearrange them so you can press edit and you can sort of drag them up and down which is also really cool because sometimes I'm like halfway through a show um, and I don't want to forget to listen to it but it's like Wednesday and there's six shows out so now I need to move that one up I like that sort of stuff that's really cool and then Did I guess you make yourself a priority just myself to feel good about it yeah your shows no do you know what i do with with my shows though i subscribe to them all but so there's one thing you can do where you can stay subscribed to a show but turn off updates for it because yeah. i don't need to know that there's a new episode of the prompt because i've posted it I, <laughs> if there's one person in the world that knows it's me uh, so I have them there so I can check them if I need to, but I have them turned off in from updating. So you can do that when you go into a show, you can go into its settings and you can turn off notifications and there's a button that says subscribe to all new episodes and you turn that off and it just doesn't notify you of them anymore and it doesn't show them in your unplayed. But you can go into that individual show, select the all tab and download them as you want. This is also really good for daily updating shows. Yeah, I find, and also you can you can select it to only keep one episode of those, which is also very useful in those scenarios. I think. Um, so, what else have we got that I really like? Um, there's some. Um, so I guess the, the 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 playback and the like effects. That's the right word. That's the word that Marco uses. So these are kind of the two big things about the application, in my opinion, that kind of set overcast um, in away from the competition because of the what some of the work that Marco's done. Federico, you can speak a little bit more about this because of the interview that you, you had with Marco about like the rebuilding of core audio and stuff. Um, you have smart speed and voice boost. So smart speed, you can enable this um, and we'll get into the IAP stuff as well in a moment. So smart speed, what it does, it looks for silences in a show and it cuts the silences. So it basically brings people talking closer together. So if I say something now and then there's like a couple of seconds and Stephen says something, it's going to squeeze that up. So people are talking more quickly. So it's a way of listening to shows faster without having to go through the distortion of increasing the speed by 1.5 or something like that. Um, in the time that I've been using Overcast, which is how long? Is a couple. It is a couple of months, right? Two months since May. Right. I've saved over six hours by using yeah, Smart Speed. That's also because you're crazy. Well, I listen but- to a lot of podcasts. Right, no, it's you know. I love I'm them. I'm guessing that you also listen while you sleep. Nope, just commutes and fun times. Um, so and then also voice boost. Now voice boost basically just it's like an EQ and it boosts the volume, but also does some equalizing. And I found that in my sort of testing, I like having voice boost on. It makes my shows louder, um, and it also it also um, makes them sound better in general. Like, I like the way my own shows sound in Overcast with uh, Voice Boost. I, I like the way it sounds, so I use it, keep it, and, and love it very much. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i using Voice Boost on just across the board. Smart Speed, though, 
I'm sort of back and forth on. I really like it on some shows. I don't have it on shows that, um, Mike, that actually that you do. And I think that's a problem unique to me because I know your voice, you know, <laughs> really, really well. And okay. so I notice it. Creepy. Um, really? We've, we've done a podcast like every week for four <laughs> years together. Creepy. Um, <laughs> but, but, Steven yeah, is turning this- into some sort of Eric Schmidt. <laughs> But I'm the same. Uh, I'm the same way. Like it's it's really well done, and if you aren't listening to your own voice, like you you don't even notice. I think I read somewhere, maybe it was in your interview, Federico, that you know Marcus said that he showed it to like, Guy English, yeah, with Guy English. No, no, own it voice. wasn't. In, wasn't in my review. That was that, somewhere. That was in um, Marco's own post. I, I listen. I have listened to my own shows in Overcast with Smart Speed, and I think personally, it sounds fine. There are times where it speeds up people, but most of the time it's not doing that. Um, it's it's kind of just cutting out silences. One of the things that I found really interesting is listening to Bionic in that app mm-hmm. because it makes me and Matt sound funnier because it's making our comedic timing sound better. So someone will say something and someone will have a joke, but the joke comes instantly rather yeah. than the, the millisecond <laughs> that it takes to think of a joke. Yeah. So I have found that to be uh, very yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, Matt comedy. Alexander is definitely a slow thinker, so you got to give him a little time. Yeah. Smart speed is is really good for Bionic, so it cuts out that, the, that's the minute how I'm between. Listening. That's how I'm listening to Bionic. Because you're on the, uh, you've so, now started listening. Now we finished the show, right? Yeah. You've now yeah. actually properly started to listen. So I appreciate that, Federico. Thank you. Yeah, I like to start things when they're over. <laughs> I mean, that that's that works. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean the features together are really really interesting and and this is what sets Overcast apart. Like the the playlist and stuff, like that's all really nice. But in my mind, these two features which are like built with core audio, like this is like pretty in-depth engineering is really what sets it apart for me. And and you know, apps without this like don't work for me anymore. Um I really have come to appreciate these two uh, these two features so much that like Overcast since basically since day one has has replaced what I was using before. I feel like you two said everything that I wanted to say, and I uh, I agree completely. Except that I just keep Smart Speed and Voice Boost on for every show. So do I. Okay, so I'm like Mike. Yeah, I, I, but you can do that. What I like is that you the the way that you can change the effects, so you can have them on for everyone. Like for all shows, or you can like, you can even so let's say for example that you don't like smart speed, but you want to use uh, like one point five times voice and voice boost. You can select to keep the effects just for that show, which I quite like. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a good way to do it. But I keep it on for everything, and I kind of had since day one because I figured let's just try this out. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, when I was using Android, I was using Pocket Casts there. Um, and it was definitely different. Mm-hmm. Shows sounded different. I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was, but it, I think it was smart speed. I do want to talk about recommendations and ask you guys if... First, if you think that podcasts have a discovery problem, because that's the same question that I asked Marco. And second, if you like the idea of Twitter recommendations. Um... What's Marco? You have to remind me. Uh, what, what was Marco's uh, thinking behind? Because he says that they don't have a discovery problem, right? Yeah, that basically most people maybe tend to 
and I'm and I'm not quoting, but just giving a summary, that most people tend to maybe overthink the discovery problem of podcasts because it's not clear if there is a problem or there's not a problem. You just wanted to allow people who are already into podcasts to listen and to discover more of them. Because maybe if there is a discovery problem, at least right now in this first version, uh, Overcast doesn't want to solve that. And uh, personally, um, I don't know if there is a podcast discovery problem. I do know that I personally have a problem in trying to explain to my parents or my friends what a podcast is. But then again, I also had a problem trying to explain what is a blog. So maybe it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I, 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 the discovery problem thing, um, I look at it in, it's hard if you have a show to get it to people that are a potential audience. Uh, sometimes you can have a podcast that you've created that people that like the prompt would love, but how do you get them to hear it? And I think this is an interesting way to do that. So in like this feature has maybe been in the app for a couple of weeks, I think, and I've maybe subscribed to five new podcasts because of it. Like I see but, it and I'm like, I've never heard of this show. And so I see it in like podcasts you might like. like I've never heard of this show. So I click it and like read about it. I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Like a couple I know have come from you, Federico, some video game shows. So the podcast you might like bit, I really like. However, the recommended episodes, which is something that I did like. So this is the ability to go in and star an episode and it show yeah. up in this area. Um, it's become very different since the launch today so now like i have a couple of people that i'm not kidding have recommended like 20 episodes of the same podcast mm-hmm. yeah that's that that's the 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 thing that i that i mentioned in the in the beta testing thing like uh, i never had that as an issue before i would see like five or six and people yeah. would be recommending like um good stuff and it would be like I would see a couple of recommendations from Stephen, one from Casey, one from Federico, one from you know, and that was really good. But now I've got like a couple of people that are recording, like are recommending every episode or like twenty episodes of one feed, and I kind of don't, I don't need that. Um, so I'm guessing that eventually Marco would go with a solution similar to Easter Paper that lets you, uh, I believe, it lets you choose the friends that that you want to follow to get article recommendations. Um, or you can, I mean, even just another way to do it is just to limit the amount of shows from one feed from one person. Yeah, but that's well, that's yeah. gonna be weird because if I, if I bought the app, if I if I have the app and I want to use it, why can I? And there is this recommend feature. I want to be able to recommend everything. And if you want, you don't follow me. It's the same idea with Twitter. I I want to tweet. I don't know two thousand messages every day. You can either <laughs> follow me or unfollow me. Yeah, maybe. I, but I think Twitter's the right way to do it. Because the thing is that the shows that these people are recommending, I think I would like, but the problem is there's just too many things in there. So, yeah. like, I may like that show. That's a, maybe a correct recommendation to give me, but I don't want it to be in the method that it's in here. I, I, I think I think there are definitely some limitations could be built in to help curb it. Um, you know, one thing they're talking about in the in the chat room and that I, I noticed in the testing because there's like 20 of us and we all have podcasts, right? <laughs> like that you see sort of the same type of shows. Um, and there was a complaint that went by a second ago that, you know, is this a rich get richer type situation? And I think 
that really depends on who you follow on Twitter because this is based on who you follow. So I follow mostly, uh, you know, Apple nerds and I follow a lot of other people who, you know, the Apple nerd people I follow are who are going to be using Overcast and using this feature. And so Mm. it's sort of slanted towards the type of people I follow. Now, if I, if I were like big in the political scene and listened to political podcasts and followed people who are into politics, I would probably see more political shows. And I think that's fine because you got to remember, this is a personalized recommendation tool. This is built on people that I already trust. And because I follow a lot of Apple nerds, I'm going to see a lot of Apple nerd podcast. Um, I think Marco has tried to offset that, but by the, there's different sections in the directory. It's not just based on your friends from Twitter that you can go in and see, uh, you know, shows by topic and you can search and there, you know, he's, he's promised that that directory will grow over time. And so I think the current iteration is fine. I do agree that you can kind of game the system and like flood everybody's recommendations. But I think this idea that like you only see content that you're already prone to liking, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Um, especially if it means, you know, somebody with a smaller show, you know, could get picked up and, and kind of shared around a little bit. I think that's great. Well, I guess, well, I guess we'll know uh, Marco has made it when we'll see Lady Gaga recommending episodes in Overcast. If you follow Lady Who Gaga. Who doesn't? I don't. That's because, you know. Come on. Don't say it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So what's the, um, what's the, uh, what are the feelings about the uh, business model? It's pretty interesting, I think. Makes sense. Federico, can you explain it for anybody who doesn't know? Can I explain the business model? Yeah, like what is it? It's basically a, a free app with an in-app purchase of um, five bucks, four ninety-nine, to unlock basically the app's best features. So um, unlimited effects, unlimited playlists, and um, uh, cellular downloads. Basically, the best, really the best functionalities of the app. And Marco mentioned several times that in the current situation of the app store and being an indie developer with fr- uh, free apps. Uh, from like Apple and Stitcher and other big guys and the Apple Podcasts app becoming um, a default app in iOS 8, the competition is very, very high, especially for a new app like Overcast, which is kind of late to the podcast client scene. Um, so he decided to make to make it a free app to remove the, the, the barrier to entry for new customers and new audiences to, to podcast clients. And, and I believe it makes sense, you know, because, um, I mean, just... Take a look around. Take a look around you and see normal people using apps and asking you about uh, what's a cool app that I can try. As soon as they see a, a price tag on an app, they don't download it, and and they're they're, they're gonna say no. Uh, I want the the free version. Is that a free light version that I can try? So it definitely makes sense for for Overcast to be to be you know um, a free app that you can download right away and try the effects for uh, for a few minutes, see if you like them, and. I don't know if the if the in-app purchase will be will be uh, the solution or the problem over time because it's a one-time purchase. There's no uh, subscription, right? It's just you unlock the features and that's it. So uh, maybe Marco is fine with you know um, unlocking everything once and I don't give you any more money. Maybe there's going to be uh, a recurring uh, payment feature and maybe. So many people will become aware of podcasts that a single in-app purchase will be okay for a developer like Marco. And I don't know, because, you know, I cannot predict the future, but 
Personally, I, I believe that for to get the most people to try your app, making a free one with an in-app purchase is probably one of the smartest de- decisions that you can you can make these days. Yeah, I, I I think it's a it's a a good model. It's a smart model, especially when there are so many other apps already on the app store, right? Because you're going against against Instacast and Pocket Casts and uh, Castro, Downcast, uh, so many paid apps that have been around for years, and Making a free app is is smart for Marco to get more people, and also a, probably a good way to to you know kind of enter this market right now. And I like that there's a trial as well, of, uh, like a time limited trial. Um, so you, I th- was it like five minutes you get of the of like this voice boost and smart speed, which I think is a smart thing to do because you need to show people what they're going to get with those features to, to decide if they want them. And I think it also helps sell them if you can experience them. I think that I, you see how good they are or you decide, I'm not interested in this. What I, what I don't like, and this is not about the app, and, 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 and it's not the kind of discussion that I want to have um, just to, you know, as some people would say, just to defend Marco because that's a thing that actual people, actual human beings said today on Twitter. Uh, I don't like when someone that's pretty popular on the internet makes something and that's dismissed uh, because, oh, this guy has made an app and he can make it free on, or he can, you know, he can have the reviews because he's popular. I don't like dismissing other people's work because of their previous work. And because if Marco is popular, and I mean, if John Gruber, if Syracuse, if whoever is popular, there's a reason, right? It's not like I'm, people that follow them are just blindly f- hitting the follow button on their accounts. There's <laughs> a reason, right? And I mean, Marco is an experienced developer. He made, he, he built Tumblr and Instapaper and the magazine and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. There's a reason why maybe he can decide one day to make a podcast app and he makes it. But the problem of judgment is that it's uh, when you... When you um, when you try to mix uh, the persona of someone with their work and you don't see their overcast, maybe you don't like, but you cannot deny that it's it's a good app. It's a good piece of software. And I don't like some people when they when they make uh, judgments like that. On that point, Federico, so like, I mean, I think you could probably assume that um, podcasts are important to me. And the way mm-hmm. that I consume the shows that I listen to is also important to me. You can maybe tell that in the amount of hours saved through smart speed, right? Um, so I have chosen to stick with Overcast. Now, I'm not going to do that just because I like Marco and I'm a fan of Marco's stuff. Because a po- the, my podcast app is is very, very important to my life and my daily commute and my entertainment and as you said in your fantastic review federico that Thank podcasts you. are like one of your favorite and they are my favorite uh, form of entertainment yeah and i wouldn't choose to use an application just because my friend makes it or a guy that i look up to makes it or a guy uh, that I want to do really well in the world makes it. I'm going to make that choice based purely on what I consider to be my favorite application. And right now, I mean, there are things that are missing from Overcast, which we should touch on as well. Um, but the things that it adds 
make the experience better for me. So I've made a decision based on what I consider to be logic, not just based on like my current fancy or whatever. So let's let's talk about the things that are missing. So Overcast is an iPhone app. Um, it doesn't have an iPad or Mac app. It has a web player, but the web player is is uh, relatively limited right now. Um, it doesn't have a, any of the playlist functionality. Um, even just like the uh, like the un, the unlistened, the unplayed. That's what I'm looking for. Fully unplayed. <laughs> you think I'd know these things, right? <laughs> Uh, the unplayed list isn't presented in the same way. Um, naturally, smart speed isn't there and things like that. Um, which I'd be surprised if that would ever work. And also we haven't got like streaming and things like that. So how do we feel about these things, Stephen? When you sort of, how do you feel about the, the th- some of the things that are missing from Overcast and how does that make you judge the application? Uh, that's a really good question. And a question that I was faced with, I wrote the best podcast app for iOS over on the suite setup. And our pick was pocket casts. And that was several months ago. Um, and so I knew that this was coming that I need to, you know, when it, the idea of the suite setup is we recommend an application. And then when a, a newcomer uh, enters the market, we evaluate and see if our pick holds up. And so I spent a lot of time comparing Pocket Cast and Overcast. And while the latter is what I'm using currently, um, I still think Pocket Cast is the best overall choice because of these missing features. Now, Marco has said in various places that streaming uh, is coming after iOS 8, that an iPad version uh, is on the roadmap, as is potentially uh, a Mac app, which the Pocket Cast guys uh, don't have. And so Pocket Cast is sort of a, of course, with an Android version as well, is a kind of a podcasting suite of applications where Overcast is just a single app. Um, For me, those omissions are not a big deal. Like, I don't really listen to podcasts on my iPad. Uh, My phone is sort of my podcast machine. Um, I don't listen on my Mac at all. Um, And so for me, it's okay. But I think for a lot of people, you know, they do want that flexibility to say, hey, you know, I want to listen wherever I am and it all sync up magically. And so I'm okay with it. Uh, it. It definitely could be a sticking point for people, though. And, and you know, it's not like I wrote in my post on the Sweet Setup today, like, you got to remember, like, <laughs> Overcast is brand new. And these other applications, Instacast, you know, is, is on multiple platforms. Like, these apps have been around for a long time and have a several year head start on Marco. And so, you know, I don't think it's ridiculous that he launched with just an iPhone application. And, and really for most people, and I, and I think this really is for most people, all you need is an iPhone app. For me, all I really need is the iPhone app. Like I don't listen to podcasts on my iPad very frequently at all. Um, I don't listen on a web browser either. I listen on my iPhone. My iPhone when I'm commuting, when I'm at work, I listen on my iPhone with my headphones plugged into my iPhone. And when I'm at home, I connect my iPhone via a Bluetooth speaker like to my Jambox and I listen that way. So having, I have not seen any problem with not having those features, but they are important to some people. Um, and I also think some people perceive them as important, whether they actually are or they're not. 
So like, yeah, I, I used to be one of those. Like not having an iPad app, I think people make it much more of a problem than it is, and I think a, a lot of the people that that consider it an issue probably don't use it as much. Because like when I when we first found out that it was going to be an iPhone on the Apple, I was like that's a problem. I mean, I I listen on my iPad. I actually don't. I've realized because yeah. it's never it's never been a problem or consideration. I've never been like. Picked up, picked up my iPad and gone to open Overcast and gone. Oh darn it! I have to get my iPhone. It's not happened to me. Right. Um, I wonder so, if it's a bigger deal. Like I subscribe to Zero Video Podcast because he doesn't I, have support for video at all. Not does he just, not? Yeah, there okay. is no support for video podcasts. Yeah, I mean, he, video he, podcasts still a thing. Yeah, they are. They're, Why don't you just make a YouTube channel? They do have YouTube channels, but people like to be able to get them in their like how they get their podcasts because mm-hmm. YouTube used to still an element of having to go and find it rather than it telling you that there's a new episode to be listened to. There are notifications for YouTube, but then also, can you download a YouTube podcast to watch no, right. when you're underground? Yeah, no. if you're uh, in the uh, the British tubes, you need uh, offline access sometimes. So there's a bunch of considerations. Where like you know something like Pocket Cast is still going to be the thing that you want if you're if you subscribe to video shows. Like I know that there's going to be a bunch of people that listen to this show or listen to other tech shows that subscribe to Twitch shows and watch the videos. Well, this Overcast will not be a solution for them. Yeah. Um, because you know, like the Twit Network, they are much more focused on video than they are audio. Mm. Right. You know, so like something like MacBreak Weekly. Um. That you know, people were going to have to listen to the audio, and the audio isn't as good as the video. I don't think, um, at least it wasn't when 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 I was a, a listener of the show. Um, and and you know, the streaming thing it has not bothered me because I don't really stream shows anyway. And Federico, you mentioned about the the idea of um, background downloads fixing that. Like, you know the, the the shows that I listen to are just there. I don't have to wait for them to be downloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's a thing. See, it's interesting, right? Trying to solve a um, recommendations problem and then not giving people the ability to stream, so they have to download first before they can play. But the reasoning that uh, Marco's given seems sensible enough. It's like, well, if you like smart speed and you like voice boost well you have to let streaming go yeah i mean uh, you could have added uh streaming but then again uh smart speed and voice boost would have been a problem uh because overcast requires um a file to analyze and and to apply the effects so i guess it makes sense to to wait for ios 8 to have uh, the api that lets you stream and cache and to um Around the uh, audio engine of Overcast on the on the on the file or portion of a file. Yeah. And and may, can you imagine if he if he went with streaming and and then he needed to explain? Oh well, you can stream episodes, uh, but you cannot use Smart Speed and Voice Boost. And then there's confusion and there's angry people and. and oh yeah, I you agree. Know? It would have been weird. It would have been totally yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of other things that I want to talk about. Um, one is the public perception of the application. Uh, it seems like overall there's, it's been very positive. But the one thing that I've seen overwhelmingly today, which I think I, I think I remember seeing it and thinking it was a cool move, but I've, you know, seeing it so many times in one day, 
is is really interesting is you know in the in the settings screen yeah there's the links to competing podcast applications mm-hmm. it's like if you don't like overcast check these guys out and people have been talking about it being a very classy move which i think it most definitely is um i just wanted to to just point that out it just seemed like a it was just an interesting thing to see people talking about today and and i think that it is a really good thing for marco to do because he's linking to pod wrangler pocket cast downcast castro and instacast all fantastic applications um that all do things in their own slightly different way i think it's i think it's great and i think what you just said is really interesting like just because the three of us like overcast and are using it like it is a gold rush is a gold rush of podcast apps right now. Like there's so many good options. Like if you don't like one, there's three or four other really good ones that you can go try. Like some people really dig Castro and there's lots of good reasons to dig it. There are a lot of people who love Instacast. There's lots of reasons to to love that. Like there's so many good options, you know, someone who, you know, produces, you know, uh, these shows and who listens to a ton of them. Like I don't even listen to music in my car. It's just podcast all the time. Like it's really exciting to see so much attention get, you know, pointed in this direction. And you know, there was some talk kind of in discussion of what we've seen today. Some people have said, well, you know, with the first party like podcast app, you know, third parties might not be able to enjoy the success they once could. Well, I think we talked two weeks ago about that and how that on the Sherlocking episode, like that's that's not the case at all. Like just because Apple has a podcast app, like that might only help guys like, you know, Marco and, and Castro and Instacast and all these guys. Like, just because Apple's in the space, and even though it's pre-installed, like, there's a billion good iPhone email clients and iPhone calendar apps. Like, podcast apps are no different. They will be fine even once iOS 8 gets the podcast client built in. And if you like that client and it works for you, that's great. Uh, if you don't and you download Overcast, Marco points you in a bunch of different directions. And I think that sort of friendliness is is uh, is kind of a welcome change, you know, in the space. Like you don't see that in Twitter clients. You know, you don't see Twitterific saying, "Oh, if you don't like us, check out Tweetbot." Like you just don't see it. And what do you think is? I mean, Federico, I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Like, where do you where do you think Overcast is going to go next? I mean, I know that Marco's kind of been quite open about what he's tackling, so. What are those things if you, you know, do know them? I don't know them. Well, I mean, he's kind of said the things that he's going to work on next. So, like, streaming. Yeah, streaming iPad does make sense. I, I guess improvements to the web app uh, make a lot more sense, possibly more than an iPad version, because uh, having uh, a seriously uh, useful web app lets you, uh, you know, give functionality to Mac people and to Windows people, to Linux people, if they s- still exist. Um, so it's a, it's a nice way to, to have a desktop um, version of your app. And I guess uh, iOS 8 will, besides streaming, allow uh, a bunch of other features. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, uh, if there is an iWatch, like, for real. And... And if Apple allows developers to 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 build stuff for the watch or for you know whatever device it is, uh, if it has a screen, if it can communicate with an iPhone, um, maybe I don't know if audio apps can have, can play uh, a part in that. And also, um, I'm guessing that CarPlay it'll be interesting to try because um, Apple has said that uh, the the podcasts 
app is going to be um, part of the initial CarPlay uh, stuff. Um, now, I don't plan on buying a, a fancy car or a car at all uh, anytime soon, but I may, uh, I may um, get one of those, um, uh, what's the name, aftermarket uh, pioneer things, right? Yeah. The one, Stephen, you know more than me about this stuff. Um, it's like a, like a, like you can put CarPlay in your car that doesn't support CarPlay. So maybe if developers can start making apps for that, uh, I I would love to have a dedicated Overcast interface in my car, so I don't have to you know Stitcher, look at my phone. Stitcher as well as the podcast Stitcher, app will yeah. be in is is one of the partners for CarPlay. One of my my biggest concerns is that. Uh, like I said before, uh, a single one-time in-app purchase is not going to be enough. But maybe the fact that, you know, Marco knows how to make apps, that just a summary of the guy, um, he knows how to make stuff, right? And he knows, he, 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 I mean, he's clearly, like us, he's, he's a nerd, but he has a, a surprisingly uh, effective approach to common problems. And we saw this before with the magazine and with Easter paper. And I'm guessing that Marco knows uh, what to do for most people that want to listen to podcasts. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe the the website in, in the short term makes sense. But in, in, in the interview, uh, he said that he, he didn't plan uh, on long-term features because, you know, you never know about the future. And so I guess we'll just wait. And saying um, about the four ninety nine, there's nothing to say that there won't be further in app purchases for more features in the future. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like that's a precedent set now, which is probably a good thing. I hope that this enables more developers to to follow suit. I I think that this is an interesting way to 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 do this sort of stuff, and it's something that's been available but people haven't really taken advantage of. Because um, I guess it's quite difficult. To, to think of how you would do this, right? So, you know, like we spoke about paper and that Sketches application, Sketches, that um, was my pick last week and how they have a very clear path for having an application which you can try out and then have an in-app purchase to unlock more. And that's what Marco's done here. And I think that as a model, that works really well for developers and consumers. Um. Well, it works well for developers providing the application is compelling enough to make people want to buy the in-app purchase, right? But that's a whole different topic and a whole different struggle. But as a consumer, I think it's really good because it allows me to make a decision about whether I want to continue using an application. It's like a trial, in essence. Um, And I also... This is kind of weird, and I don't know if, if anybody else will feel the same way as I do about this, but I feel more grat- like I feel like there's more I get more gratification if I think that might be the right word in this context for spending money on a two dollar in-app purchase to support where what I feel is supporting the developer rather than paying the two dollars price in the store. There's just something about that which feels like I don't know like I like this application I want to give you two dollars I feel better about that as a consumer it makes it it fills me with a nicer feeling than just giving two dollars before I've even had the ability to try the application like I feel like I'm supporting the developer at that point am I alone in that I personally I don't I mean it's the same I'm giving money in the same way I don't know maybe for you it's the fact that you're like 
completing an extra step. So you're like downloading the app and then you press purchase. I, yeah. I don't know. I make a choice as well. Like, I like the app. I want to continue using the app. Here's some money from me. And there's something about that process which I like that feeling more. I get more satisfaction maybe rather than gratification about that. Uh, th there's just something about that which is a, a, a nice feeling to me. Stephen, if you don't have anything you'd like to add, then we can move on. Let's move on. Do you want to tell us what we're going to talk about now? Oh, yeah, we do have another topic. Yeah. So yesterday, Apple announced a new partnership with IBM, of all companies. Uh, the partnership <laughs> really has two main parts. First one is IBM is going to help Apple sell its iOS devices to the enterprise. So we're talking enormous, you know, huge companies here. Um, that while IBM has basically exited from the consumer space, they are still a dominant player when it comes to data and infrastructure stuff for for these companies. Uh, so they're going to help sell iOS devices. And Apple has announced Apple Care for Enterprise, which is a new level of service for these companies. It includes a bunch of bells and whistles, including 24-7 support. Um, that, you know, the companies like this, you know, are always on. There's always someone working there. You know, the thing, the wheels are always, always turning. And, uh, so it's kind of a twofold, twofold thing. I also saw, uh, Horace, uh, a Simcoe, uh, tweet earlier that he believes that Max may be involved. And if that's the case, that's, that is insane. Like that would be insane. Use huge fortune 500 companies having IBM push, Max and <laughs> and iOS devices on them. It's so weird. It's well, just so weird. I mean, there's like deep irony here. Like uh, Darth had that picture of you know Tim Cook under the IBM sign, which of course is the there's a picture of a young Steve Jobs uh, giving the bird to an IBM logo. Because if you, the Macintosh days, the early days, you know IBM was a real competitor, and um, you know with the IBM PC and 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 you know. That, of course, isn't around anymore. We also have to remember that Apple went back to IBM in the 90s when they moved to PowerPC chips, and uh, PowerPC chips, G3, G4, G5, were built by IBM. And so it's not the first time that Apple has gone into business with this company, but this is a, a unique thing, and, and relying on another company to sell its hardware is really interesting, and not something that Apple has done, at least this way, before. And so it's it's definitely worth um, some consideration. But it's like Tim was saying in the in a lot of the press that they did. It was like, effectively, I'm paraphrasing, we can't do this. We need IBM to do We need a company to do this, and IBM's the right one for us because we don't compete in any way. And like it's because you know Apple doesn't think or work in this enterprise way. They have support for this stuff, but when it comes to like putting feet on the ground, send them into Fortune 500 companies to try and negotiate these sort of deals. Like, you need special people to do that. So you can either go one or two ways. You can decide to tool up or you can partner with someone. And it probably makes more sense for Apple to keep the culture of their business and then partner with a company rather than they would have yeah. to fundamentally change their own internal culture to create a division of the company which would support this sort of stuff. So um, I don't know anything about enterprise and you know big money, big companies. Oh, I so do. My, my understanding is that Apple needs IBM. Yeah. But can you guys explain why IBM needs Apple? Money. 
because com- right, so I can tell you why. There, there is a, a, a change. There is a big change happening in, in enterprise companies right now because people use iPhones and iPads at home and they want to be able to use those devices at work. So the problem for IBM and for companies that sell things into the enterprise is that you're going to go one of two ways. You either make a partnership like this or you become irrelevant because companies want to all start looking at devices called, uh, sorry, a, a system now programs called BYOD, Bring Your Own Device, where people will be able to use whatever devices they want on company networks. And basically what that means is iPhone and Android devices in companies. And the way that these these are facilitated is via apps and stuff. I think Salesforce are a provider of these sort of services. So you have one application that is locked down from a security standpoint. If you put like a 15-character password or something like that, you open it up and you get your company email, your company calendars and stuff like that. Now the thing is, companies don't some companies don't necessarily want to do that or IT services don't want to do that because then you end up supporting every potential device under the sun. And a lot of this is people just don't want to use BlackBerry anymore. And that's what a lot of these large companies have. They're using Blackberries. I work in a huge I work in a massive, massive company and we use Blackberries. So really with the existing partnerships that these big companies have, they either go BYOD or they go Microsoft. And that's kind of in for both on the on the Microsoft side, it's still not what people want, and on the BYOD side, it's actually kind of not necessarily best for IT resource. So, go Apple and IBM because you're gonna all right. You might not make your Android users of, of in your company happy, but they'll probably be happier to carry their own personal Android phone and an iPhone rather than a BlackBerry or a Windows phone. And then also for all the people that use an iPhones, they now get to keep the consistent experience that they've had. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these 100 applications that IBM and Apple are developing together could also be providing people with the tools that they need to use their own iPhone at work. So companies standardize on the iPhone. You can use your own iPhone or you can have a work iPhone. And this is what Apple need. And IBM will need it because otherwise they could end up falling into sort of non-existence if, because where else do they go? Yeah, bring your device is definitely interesting, but it's also important to remember like this isn't like the first time Apple's thought about the enterprise. Even with uh, iPhone OS 2 when they added Exchange support, um, yeah, it was a big step. And they, they've been doing things for years to try to break into this this culture of these, you know, these really big companies. And, you know, every time they get on stage, they say, oh, you know, 90% of the Fortune 500 are using the iPhone. You know, 90% of the Fortune, you know, 200 are piloting iPads or whatever. And so they're already there. I think this is just reinforcing that, you know, there's a lot of money to be made. And at Microsoft's expense, that while Microsoft is a trusted name for desktop computing for these companies, uh, Windows Phone is a train wreck. And they it's not a really a viable option and they don't want to deal with Android. And so there's a really good opportunity for Cupertino to move into these companies and do something big. And so I think it's great. I think, you know, the stocks uh, for both, both companies responded well uh, after hours yesterday. And uh, I'm excited to see what comes of it. Do the fortune 500 ever get together? I think they, uh, they go to Vegas every once in a while. Like they have the fortune 500 party. (laughs) Like, like the Fantastic Four, only 500 people. <laughs> and like they have little uh, name badges on their shirts. <laughs> that says I'm a Fortune 500. 
I don't know how these things work, guys. I, I never saw an Enterprise. That's okay, buddy. Don't worry about it. I mean, uh, yeah, as, you, as you've clearly heard, I have some experience in these things. Yeah, I leave this stuff to you too, um, because Steven, you know, knows everything because he's a he's a father figure. He's and, older and than Mike, us. Yeah, and Mike, you because you have a like a secret double life. So, uh-huh. um, I I have um I agree with Mike. Thanks. That that that's what you wanted me to say. So, are we done? Uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Like big time done. I think it's it. So we so we just we just. We just end like this, like, like, like you know. We just. Well, no, I'm gonna do the wrap up. Yeah, but no epic ending. Like, like I don't know. Steven makes a big revelation or something. Steven, make a revelation. Um, I got nothing. So that is it for the prompt. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? What would that even no, look no, like, Federico? No. You're like, what do you want? I don't know. Something to, you know, to, to for people to say, oh, you know, when the prompt ended, Steven said, and, and that's the big thing, right? Like, like, I, I think I like, said it, I think I said it last week. And of course, I said it knowing what was going to happen the day after, but like, you know, the things that are here today won't be here tomorrow. And you just have to get in business with IBM to make your life count. So we're partnering with IBM. That's the big, big reveal. <laughs> that's the big reveal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just uh, let's just do it. So this is it for the prompt. Thank you so much for listening to and helping create the world's greatest podcast. Uh, we love you very much. We will be back. Do not delete this feed. Do not remove this feed. Stay subscribed. It will be worth your while. But if you want to stay in touch with us and keep up with what we're doing, you can still go and follow at underscore the prompt. That's also a good place. Go and follow that account right now. Um, or follow us all. We are iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, Federico's at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and Stephen is at I-S-M-H. Stephen writes at 512pixels.net, and Federico writes at maxstories.net. Um, I am at mikehurley.net as well. Um, I've also got a mailing list there if you want to find out what I'm going to be up to next, because obviously my life will not just be this, the three of us. I do have other things that I'm working on, which I think you'll be really excited to hear about. So... That's it. Um, do we say anything else? Do, what do you do now? I mean, because the other thing is, uh, I'm, I'm making this. I'm making this all about me, guys. I'm now done at five by five. Like I'm done now, so I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, thank it's you. It's all about you. Well, it is about me. Thank you. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thank you, chat room, for being here today. Thank you all for listening. It's been emotional and it's been amazing. Until next time. Bye bye. Adios. Timer coalescing. Mike and Steven
sono i miei amici, facciamo i podcast insieme, ma sono finiti oggi, è finito Directional, è finito The Prompt, e adesso sono finiti tutti gli show, Mike e Steven, sono i miei amici. Ma è finito The Prompt, è finito Directional, adesso è la fine di tutto.